0: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
2: If any of our seminal family suffered home or business damage during Hurricane Sally, the Morgan Law Group can help you. Don't fight the insurance companies alone. The Morgan Wall Group can help you file a claim and get the settlement you deserve.
0: It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron.
2: The Seminole Headlines, ninety-seven on ESPN Radio begins right now. This hour, brought to you by our friends at Registers Meat. Yay! Yes, that's it's the little things in life, guys. These days, it's the little things. It's having a great sponsor like Registers Meat. It's Regis- sitting down, re- eating some reg- sausage.
1: Register sausage. Oh, we'll, I can't we'll just say meat. Just I mean, you can. Sausage. You can. It's the know. proper title. It's the proper title. But they're part of the family now. We can just we can just call them Register sausage.
2: I'm just going to say registers from here on out. I don't think we could do that. I think everybody knows that's Ira talking. Corey's here too. They're with Warchant.com. Florida state lost another football game. This one was decidedly bad. I don't know guys. We've known each other for some time. Now we've covered some disappointments. Um, I don't feel like this is the worst disappointment I've ever felt because there've been more on the line before when we've lost when Florida state's lost football games, but, uh, does this, is that rock bottom, or is there still rock bottom to come?
3: Hey, man, you tell us, buddy. Who knows? Who knows what's in store?
1: Um, I mean, I don't think – to me, the question is, like, how long uh, – the bigger question is, how long are you down there? You know, because, w- honestly, like, even if it get, I mean, it could it get worse? Sure, it could get worse. Yeah, <laughs> Notre,
3: Dame and Cle- Notre Dame and Clemson are out
1: there. Uh, no, no, I mean, no,
2: no. That the, Those scores will be ugly, but it's not the same well, you, Clemson or Notre Dame as it is to yeah. Miami.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you get beat badly at home by Sam Howell, that's going to be pretty awful. Um, I mean, there's going to there's 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 opportunities for some awful moments, um, but I think the bigger question to me is just, you know, you start looking at how I mean, how long is this going to take? Is this the right guy? Is this the right staff? Um, I mean, it, it, is what they're saying not getting through? Um, and if it's not, you know, because the, the thing about like you know in pro sports the the feeling is you know you can't fire all the players you know the players make more than the coach so you you, you fire coaches um, in college football um, it's gotten to be somewhat similar except you know Florida State's you know they just fired a coach in less than 2 years this guy's only had 2 games but people are already starting to feel like this isn't going to work this isn't going to work and i mean the reality is you can't judge it yet but at the same time it's fair to start asking questions cuz that it's been an abomination so far um other than other than the few scripted possessions to st- to start game or the second half saturday um there's been nothing uh, they blocked a couple kicks i mean there's just been nothing so you know i think that's to me i think uh, the the bigger question is just how long is it going to be like this is there a way out
3: yeah I and mean, you have way this- out. You have to cycle everyone off the roster for it to for, for Norvell's message to get through. And nobody wants to hear that or think about that because that's another year or two at least to get all these guys off the roster. And some of them are talented. And there's no guarantee you're going to bring in people that are more talented than those guys. And so you're wondering, okay, we get all the things that he didn't have. He didn't have a quarterback really when he got on the roster. At, not really. He didn't have a quarterback. Um, he didn't have a spring. He had to go through Zoom to, to instill whatever he's trying to instill. But at the same time, a lot of schools did that. UAB looked more competent than Florida State. Why is that? Why is that? And is it all on the players?
2: UAB has a really good coaching staff. They are a well-coached team. Um, I, this is, it's complicated, and none of the answers are going to be satisfactory to the Florida State fan base. I do think. It sounds uh simplified. I, I think it is just gonna take time. Uh, I don't think there's an easy solution. They're not going to fire anybody. Florida State's broke. So he's got all the time in the world. What if they but, hired but Willie if, back?
1: But even if they but even if they weren't broke, you can't be firing coaches every year Correct. or two.
2: Correct. You can't do that. It's uh it's the Tennessee method that we've seen fail for very long time. Uh, I, I think. I, I think. Listen, there's a lot of things here, and, the, and one of them would be like if you're uh, if you're questioning coaching. I think you're primarily questioning the defense and Adam Fuller. Um, I, I think more than anything, you're looking at him going, "Hey man, do you know what the hell you're doing?" Uh, I think on the offensive side. There's evidence and there will be more evidence as they move forward that, that they have it together there and that something will work. They do have to change their quarterback. And I do think that as they get to practice and rep more and more with the system, uh, the offensive line, only the young guys are worth a damn and they're not great yet. Uh, so they're going to be restricted as to how far they can go while well, that's the case. Uh, but I think you'll continue to see improvement as the practices mount and as they get more time together. I I, I am wondering about the defense. And then in terms of what Corey said, uh, do you have to filter out a lot of these players? Well, Ira, you and I were talking about that yesterday, and I think that's the process that's most intriguing to cover because how do you do it? I mean, the answer is yes, resoundingly so, when it comes to several of these veteran players uh, that – Either don't take to this message, aren't willing to be part of the group that lays the groundwork for good times to come after they're gone, which is tough, man. I got to admit, I mean, that would be tough to be a senior and and then to know that nothing you do is going to benefit you in the immediate um, and that it's all going to benefit people down the road. You have to have a real love of program to do something like that. And I don't know how many of them do, and I can't blame them for not. I mean, it's been a blank show since they arrived here. Uh, so, it, it is going to be a long, hard road to hoe. As I said before, this is not going to change anytime soon.
1: Well, and the and then the challenge from a recruiting standpoint, you know, all offseason, season, um, I thought, man, they just need. To, when we didn't know if we'd be able to play any games this season because of the virus, I was like, I just felt like because they got from a recruiting standpoint, they totally got screwed in the spring, because I do think their best. Recruiting tactic is going to be kids coming to practices, kids and their parents and coaches, high school coaches coming to the practices, seeing that they know what they're doing, seeing the energy, seeing the the passion that they coach with, that that would translate on the recruiting front. That all got shut down, so they lost that. They couldn't have kids on campus during the summer, and then now, and so I just felt like, okay, let them play a couple games, let them show something, let them let them show something against Georgia Tech, just play one game. And then they go out and play the way way they did against Georgia Tech. And then what happens Monday, they would have been better off not playing this season from a recruiting standpoint. So now that's going to be the challenge. They're going to have to do this with, first of all, the question is, can they keep... I know a lot of people, you know, worried about the number of three stars that they've signed or got committed and all that. They're going to have to fight like hell to keep those kids that they have committed. And then who knows what they're going to be able to bring in in, in these last you know couple of months of this recruiting cycle. So that becomes the bigger part. Jimbo, you know, we reflect on Jimbo's time because that's, you know, that's the most common scenario we've seen here and it had success early. He was able to flip the roster because he was able to recruit as a coordinator. And then, uh, you know, and it was also closer to the dynasty and he had a lot of things and he had really great recruiters. That first coaching staff Jimbo hired, Eddie Grant was a monster recruiter. James Coley was really tight in Miami. Uh, you know, he had guys who had, had recruited at a high level and they flipped that roster pretty quickly. I don't know if this staff is capable of recruiting at that level. And then this is the product they've shown. I, that's going to be the challenge. I mean, and I know that's, as FSU fans are sitting here listening to this, you know, that's that's where some, as you start playing it out, it's hard to see. The exit strategy.
3: I'm going to go ahead and assume they're not going to recruit at that level. Uh, that yeah. was an all-time recruiting class. I mean, that was an all-time recruiting staff that put together an all-time great team. But you don't have to. And I'm going to go to this because it's the the 2000. Just think of the teams he's coached at Memphis that were his guys. So go 18 and 19 were mostly all Norbell guys that he recruited, brought in, developed, evaluated, and uh, coached. They would have beaten Georgia Tech probably by 25 points, and they wouldn't have lost to Miami 52-10. to Now, they might have given up 52 points, but they'd have scored 35 or 40. So there is hope. You're not going to be bringing in four- and five-star kids, the high four-stars and the five-stars. It's not going to happen. Why would they come to Florida State right now? But you can build a roster. I I know you don't want to hear this, folks, but it's it's going to have to be the avenue that works. You can build a roster with the kids he was – a little bit better kids than he was recruiting at Memphis, because Florida State still has more cachet than Memphis. But you can win games with those kind of rosters. You're not going to win championships with those kind of rosters. But you can get the 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 you can steer out of the out of the ax out of the the spin that you're in and start going the other way with those kind of kids. And that's what's gonna have to happen. They're gonna have to evaluate really well, and you can win with three star kids that aren't recruited, that aren't Alabama and Florida aren't on. You can't win at a high level, but you're not going to do that anyway right now. Start – start. I think thinking like 2022, you can win eight or nine games with a Memphis-type roster. Sure. And if you start winning games at Florida State, then the kids all around the country, more, or more accurately, the big-time kids in Florida will want to come play for you again. But the recruiting yeah. is going to take a huge hit. It has well, to.
2: It already has. And, and part of this was what you signed up for when you fired Willie in a weird way. It, it, you, you now have hired two coaches in the early, in, in the era of the early signing period. No other school has done that. So Florida State is uh it, they are behind the eight balls, uh, behind the eight ball, excuse me, just because they made that decision.
1: There might be there there <laughs> might be there might be two eight balls, Jeff. This, <laughs> yeah, they may be really. they may be behind both the, two they just put in another eight ball in front of the cue yeah. ball. I think
2: that's correct, uh, um But that is, I mean, I don't think any other school has done that. And that's when you make the decision to fire Willie, which we all agreed was the right decision, in a lot of ways, you're signing up for this kind of ugliness. Now, there are things to complain about legitimately that have me concerned. But I I do think this was always going to be uh, an ugly, ugly year. They still have a chance to make something look presentable, obviously, by the time you get to Louisville, Pitt, NC State, that little stretch right there, because you're not beating any of the good teams. You're just not going to beat any of the good teams because you can't block any of them, first of all. Um, but, well, you know, you're not, you're not going to block Notre Dame. Uh, I actually think North Carolina's personnel is problematic for Florida State. You can block Louisville so you'll lose a track meet maybe. Uh, that could be a 50-48 to 48 type game. Uh, and then Pitt's offense is dreadful. So if you can't stop them, then Jesus, man, what are we doing, Adam? But you got to start playing for those games because you're not obviously going to beat Notre Dame, and you're not going to beat North Carolina, and you're probably—I know—you're not going to beat Clemson. So you know you got to you got to find a way to start to show some progress
1: for yeah, these teams. No, yeah, no, I agree with that. The only thing I would uh, argue with a little bit is when you said this was always going to be a tough year. It didn't have to be if the players did respond right away. I mean, that could have happened. And so when that doesn't happen, you know, you have to ask yourself, okay, is it the message or is it those guys? I mean, and and we can, it's easy to, the first response I'm sure the coaching staff would say is, you know, we've tried everything. We've, we've tried tough love. We've tried to, you know, encourage them. We've tried to get on them and it's, they're not responding. And so, you know, your, your hope is that, You know, it's just not hope because you always want to try to find a way to reach the players. But, you know, for whatever reason, the messages that they've used at their previous schools are not getting through to this. These guys, the fact that these players have such a bad track record, you know, a lot of them came in under Jimbo. They sat through the Willie uh, debacle. And so like during those Willie years, you're thinking, okay, well, if they got better coaches, if they got guys with a better message that worked harder then maybe they would respond to that. Well, they're not. And maybe a couple of them will. Maybe a few of them will. But in mass, they're not. So now, um, that that would have been the only way it could have turned around quickly. And so when people look at a, a Mississippi State with Mike Leach, or when they look at uh, some of these schools where somebody comes in and has success right away, for one thing, I'd say about that is let's let's judge all that over the long term. But but secondly, every situation is different. You can a coach could come in and and you might have a group of guys who who are hungry and who want it, and they buy in. That I don't think that's happened here. And I think this this group of players, I think they have the ability to make coaches. I think what we've seen over these last four or five years is they have an ability to make coaches believe that they're bought in when maybe they're not really bought in. Because this isn't the first coaching staff, I think, that's been fooled by some of these players.
2: I want to expound on that, Corey. It's your turn to talk. Let's uh, take a quick break, come back, and, and further analyze uh, – dumpster fire that is Florida State football. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment.
0: Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio.
2: So, Ira, you were uh, noting during the break, or just before we went to break, I should say that these kids have the ability, and it's a unique ability, to fool coaches, all of them, all the time into uh, believing that they care and that they're going to try hard and Boy, that is that's their legend. That's their uh their legacy. Uh, that they're frauds and that um they, they are really good at convincing coaches to that they are bought in when they're not. I would also say that this coaching staff made the same mistake that Willie did with DeAndre Francois. I'm not talking specifically about quarterback play, I'm talking about trusting people who didn't give you real reasons to believe in them. There was no reason to let Warren Thompson back on the team. There's no re- DJ Matthews, it was here in the spring. We saw that that's, that's been a nightmare behind the scenes for some time. I know he's gone now. They tried, you're right, with certain guys. And I get your approach, Ira, is to not come in and go scorched earth. I think there's some middle ground there. I think there's guys that give you enough evidence that you need to move on from pretty early in the process to send messages. And if you don't and you get fooled, then you delay the process.
1: Well, in the in the chat, I'm sorry, Corey. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. no, no, no I'm it's, done. it's, nope. I, it's nope. fine. Why don't nope.
3: Why don't we just replay the Monday four o'clock hit on the Jeff Cameron show, and you two can just have a
1: conversation? Well, thankfully, but see, the good thing is, you, we know you didn't listen to it. I so did, this is Gray Fox. fox. Oh hey, my gray God!
3: Oh, oh, yes, Silver. I can't believe he called you a Gray Fox, Silver. Silver. I was like, man, Jeff's really angry. He's taking out his <laughs> anger on Ira. <laughs> <laughs> He's called him gray. Nobody He's wants to be called shots. gray. Gray fives. No. <laughs> no, what I was going to say, I was kind of going to pivot a little bit. And, okay, so we know that I wrote about it Saturday night. James Blackman is done. Yes. He's a broken quarterback. He's a shell of what he was. And we all know why. He probably wasn't that good to begin with. He got obliterated the last two years by an offensive line that was terrible. He's had three four coordinators, three head coaches, all that Well, can't we extrapolate that and say some of these defensive guys are broken too? They just don't play at that kind of position because these defensive guys have had three defensive coordinators. They've had three head coaches. They've gotten used to getting their head kicked in. And maybe they're not salvageable either. Maybe what we see in James Blackman, in practice, he might be great. And in a game, he starts just running around like his tail's been cut off. And the same thing can be said for these defensive guys where they they don't have any confidence because why would they? And they're a shell of what they could have been because of what they've been through. And they're they're not salvageable almost like we, it's so much easier to see in a quarterback than a defensive end. If he's just not any good and he's just lost it. But maybe J Rob is going through the same thing that James Blackman is. It's just in a different position and he can't play anymore. Like he just, he's not a serviceable college football player anymore.
1: That's a good, it's a good point. But I have two, two thoughts on that. Number one, is Mark Stoops inherited a situation very much like that, but found a way to get those guys to play competently. Because you yes. couldn't – 2009, Florida State defense was as bad as anything we'd ever seen, yeah. maybe in, maybe until Saturday. It was in, up in that class. And they found a way to, to – that's why we thought that this staff maybe could do that with these guys, get them to, to just find some, some – How much do you think it helped? Jimbo, Jimbo coming in and having a Ponder, Mark Stoops coming in
3: and having a Brandon Jenkins and a Bjorn Werner. Like, this, yeah. co- this coaching staff doesn't have anything on the edge.
2: Well, and having a spring and having not yeah. to deal with an early signing period and all that, all that stuff. That's helps. not an
3: excuse, but it's like well, the offense can't function because they have no quarterback. The defense can't function because they cannot breathe on a quarterback. They can't well, get close enough.
1: But in, And I think the thing, and w- what you touched on, which I think is accurate, is when you watch these guys on defense, there are a few guys who do flash. Amari Gaynor, is one of them. You know, Amari Gainer, Steven Dix, Renardo yeah. Green, Asante Samuel, you know, there are a few guys that are playing football. A lot of guys are I'm in my spot, I'm engaging the guy in front of me mm-hmm. and and we're going to do this until the play is over. Like they're not shedding blocks, they're not filling gaps. So like that's the one thing I would say about Fuller from a scheme standpoint. Everybody wants to focus I mean I man the first snap of the 3 man front. I like everybody else I was like, "Oh no, what are they doing?" And so, I—it's easy to focus on scheme stuff. But at the end of the day, if nobody sheds a block, and nobody fills a gap, nobody makes a play on the ball. I don't care what scheme you play. It's—it's it's about winning battles. They've got to win matchups. I mean, Adam Fuller said it yesterday. It's as close as a coach is going to come to, you know, calling out players. Guys have to win battle. You have to win one on ones. I mean that's
2: well, I think that's the most stunning aspect of the failure that we're witnessing is we knew the offensive line was terrible and we knew James Blackman was terrible. I was screaming all summer that you can't roll into a season with that kid as your starter. But that defensive line legitimately has some dudes, and there's no excuse to watch them not change the line of scrimmage ever. They never change the line of scrimmage. And proof of that is every short yarded situation is won by the opposing team, no matter who that opposing team is. It could be a, a – well, I, I almost cursed. It could be a unit like Georgia Tech's where you've got kids that have no business blocking Kendo or anybody else for that matter, either neutralizing or actually pushing the defensive line back in third and short and fourth and short. Of course, Miami did it, and that's not a great offensive line either. They're going to face some better offensive lines. Uh, so that's why this looks like an unmitigated disaster. And what are you going to do? You're going to bench Corey Durden and Marvin Wilson and Coop and those guys? You can't. Who are you playing? So they're stuck. And you're right. If I'm Adam Folder, Fuller, I'm going home and crying at night, because I have to trust that those guys, those big are going to make a play once in a blue moon. They never do, ever. They're useless. And your linebackers are average anyhow. So if those guys up front don't make plays, who is going to make a play? It's – I don't know what they do, but they've got to figure out a way to motivate that group up front. I don't understand this engage and and remain neutral approach. I thought we were told it's going to be attacking, attacking, attacking. Marvin doesn't attack. Dern doesn't attack, although he looked better in this game than he did in the first game. Nobody attacks on this defense.
1: So – um What's been the the best movie you guys have seen in the last month or so? Because I I did have a couple people suggest that we just don't talk about football.
3: I can't do that. We got to – I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Ted Lasso, did I bring it up last week? You did. did, Ted Ted Lasso, it's not a movie, Ira, but you would really like it. It's funny. It's on Apple. it, It is funny. Uh, he's a he's a college football coach, you and that's week Okay, ahead. well, I, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. That's that's my biggest. The Challenger Doc. I'm going to keep pushing that. Go watch that, kids. That's really enter, like entertaining.
1: Entertaining is not the another, word I want to use. Another feel good piece.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, you, you just watched that 52 to 10. How about hey guys, you know, are you, sitting down.
3: Also like 2020's been a great year. You want some a little more. We need to we need to bring it down a notch I by actually think a this space shuttle blow up.
2: I actually think this is freeing. You got to talk about it. You can't suppress it. You can't you can't hold it down, man. You hey, so let me ask you down. a question,
3: Jeff. Yeah. What would the score have been Saturday night if you flipped quarterbacks? Oh, good point. That's interesting.
1: Um and well, and 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 Miami was required to play James Blackman. The inside. yeah, you can't sit him on the bench. He has to play.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the score would have been because Florida State's offensive line is horrible.
3: But yeah, obviously, but, doesn't it, but Miami's isn't any good when you have a quarterback back there that can move and more importantly, see something and get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah,
2: listen, James is broke. You you don't have to convince me. <laughs> I, I I have been screaming. But about I'm saying the O line
3: is not bad enough that it, you can't f- have a functioning offense? It well, is. They, it is decent enough it, it is it is you can have a functioning offense with that offense you can't with that I, offense line. you can't
2: well there are a couple of teams on the schedule that they simply will not block Miami is one of them but sure. I do think that's correct in most of these other games and I function by the way I do think they will you will see that that some of this is really unlucky. In addition to the having done a poor job, they've actually been screwed around every turn. I mean, Jesus Christ, your coach gets COVID. He's the only one in America that gets COVID. Yeah. What the hell are we doing? Secondly, uh, Chubba Purdy, the guy you brought in because you knew these quarterbacks sucked, was the guy you were going to try to prep to play, and he breaks his collarbone on the first B- scrimmage. So this has been from the get-go, and now here we sit, right? What are you going to do? Wait? You got to wait for that kid to get healthy, or else this is going to go on every week.
3: I'm tired of it too. Now answer the question. All right, all right, all right, all right. What, seriously? You're, what what you're do you creating think? A lot you know, of work. Yeah, that's a lot of work for, the, for for my man. What what do you think the uh, what do you think the score would have been? I don't,
2: I don't know, Corey. I'm not interested in do this. You,
3: but could, well, is it that big a difference? Like the re, it's the not Miami, it's
2: not Miami big got big.
3: shut out. Miami got shut out in their bowl game by Louisiana Tech in yes. December. I, and I, we I, can say they got the transfer market was great. All right, they got a lineman and they got a quarterback. That has nothing to do. That's it on the offense. I, I, on the defense, is a difference. But the offense went from scoring zero against Louisiana Tech yes. Yes. to scoring 52 in a rivalry game and scoring 100
1: points in their first two conference games. Yeah, re- it re- matters. Yes. The, re- yeah, the reason that's relevant, Jeff, is because it, the quarterback changes a lot. Yes. Okay. And so, and I'm not, I'm not, saying, but I, I'm just saying we need to, fo- we need to acknowledge that. That because I think as as a fan or as an observer, you look at a dumpster fire and you say, "Oh man, you got you got to replace all twenty two guys." Like there's there's no hope. But the reality is, if you get a quarterback, that's why I, I think that that last month of the season, which you talked about earlier, is there's potential that yes. that's what you have to look for. Yes, because if Chuba is healthy, if he's learned the offense by that point, or at least some semblance of it. It changes everything. It makes your backs better. It makes the line better. It makes your receivers better. It makes the defense play harder because they feel like there's a hope that that if they've given up a score or two that the game's not over. So I do think it changes everything. And I'm not saying that all of this is James Blackman's fault. I'm saying that if you get good play at quarterback – because look at Florida, man. Florida last season, how many games they won, it was because Kyle Trask can read a defense, make a quick decision, and get the ball out of his hands. Their offensive line wasn't any good either.
2: Better than Florida states by a lot,
1: not man it, it's, oh, I'm telling you he makes dude. them look a lot better. I'm I, telling you a lot better.
2: We're not disagreeing that they look a lot better because they have competent quarterback play. Florida's roster is worlds better than Florida State's roster. Secondly, their offensive line is way better. Florida State is the second worst offensive line in the ACC. Georgia Tech was the worst last year. We know the rankings from Pro Football Focus and what Florida State's offensive line was amongst just just watching the games. I understand your point; it's a valid point. I would make the change at quarterback. It's the only thing we can hang our hat on moving forward is that they're going to do that.
3: But yeah, but you can if you're going to say that man, Florida State's never going to be able to have a functioning offense until they get in a better offensive line. Well, we might all be dead by the time that happens. <laughs> apparently, apparently, they're just not going to have one. But no, I- Ira's right, and you know it. I mean, a
1: quarterback, a quarterback that can see the field quickly. I'm not arguing
2: with Ira about a good quarterback.
3: No, that's what, you,
1: but like you, you keep saying you're not arguing, but then you you. But then you say Florida's is this way better. So like
3: Florida's offensive line is the same one that Felipe Franks played behind. In the offense is completely different because of one guy. So if Chuba is that guy, or you can get a grad transfer. Is Florida State allowed to get big time grad transfers, or is that hey, just for Miami? You got the horn dog last year. That's sorry. Apologies, Horndog and Golson. So, <laughs> a, a quarterback that can see it quickly and can, it, it's just, impo- it's such a bad combination to have an offensive line that can't hold blocks for long, which we know this one can't, and a quarterback that doesn't see anything. But if you get a quarterback, like how many times would Jameis Winston have been sacked with this offensive line? Two, he, he, fi- he finds guys quickly. De'Aaron King wasn't making incredible throws. Oh, they're actually bringing pressure. Well, that guy's wide open. Let me get it to him. There's a 22 yard game. This guy doesn't do that, and you can't have an offense, I don't even if the how, offensive line is blocking well.
2: I don't know how we got to a place where the two of you are telling me as if I don't know that we should change our quarterback. <laughs> no, we're telling the listeners. Holy
1: moly! We're telling what, the you, listeners. You keep going back to how good Florida's offensive line was, and it's like, dude, that's there. He makes them better.
2: I didn't keep going back to. What are you talking about?
1: You're oh my up again. gosh! What oh are you my talking God. about? What, uh, we're explaining why we kept going back to that point because you, qu- you went quickly. You're to like, the-
3: yeah, yeah. You're like, you can't make that comparison because no, no, Florida's offensive line is me. way better. You don't act like Florida's roster
2: isn't Immeasurably, appreciably better than Florida State's currently. I'm talking if, about
1: one specific area, one segment group. They don't have a good offensive line either, but when you get a good quarterback, when Felipe Franks was there, he was running around, dancing around, spinning, throwing thrown, the ball every direction.
2: to
3: do that anyhow, but yes, Just like James. Yeah, that's the same thing. The, offense, the, the offensive line didn't get much better when they made the switch. It's not like they brought in different players. The offense went from averaging 19 points a game to 40 points a game because of one dude. Kyle Pitts was still there with Felipe Franks. He wasn't catching any passes. I
2: can't wait to change quarterback. <laughs> Does everybody feel better? I can't wait.
3: I said it back in May. I mean, no. So I, here's the point. So the going back to the question: De'Eric King, if he's the quarterback at Florida State right now, yeah. how many points did they score? Have they? What, what do you think it uh, is?
2: Miami's defense is good, so I would give Miami credit that they're going to slow us down quite a bit better than we slowed them down.
3: So I'd say Florida State would have scored 27 points. Sure, and then in in Georgia Tech, they probably win that game and probably scored oh, well, 27 in that the game. Too. They should have won the game yeah. anyhow, but yeah. But, so you're talking about a team that's only scored 23 points total in two games to probably have scored 50, 55 sure. in two games. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Yeah. And, and then everybody starts playing with more confidence. But when you have that guy back there, it makes everything just look like well, a muddy it, mess.
1: And on that point, though, and we kind of given the offensive coaching staff a little bit of a pass. I don't know what they were thinking with knowing who their quarterback is, knowing who that what that pass rush was going to be, leaving that offensive line to block those guys by themselves, leaving those offensive tackles on an island. Yeah, Yeah, I mean the Devontae Love Taylor played way better than I would have imagined. Darius Washington can't. He's there's he he had no chance. And so yeah. you're throwing that kid to the Wolves. They didn't do him any favors. No, they didn't. Uh, and so that's a concern from the offensive staff as well.
2: Yeah, but we know – well, let's come back and, and expound further on the fun that is Florida State football. <laughs> and Seminole Headlines returns.
0: Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio.
2: Yeah, and we know that, obviously – When you look at this offense, they're going to make a change of quarterback. They did a good job of incorporating uh, Jordan Travis. Now, he gets hurt, and Ira, you brought it up yesterday. I don't know if he can stay healthy. He's a little dude, but I do like that they're trying to utilize him as best they can, especially since another infuriating aspect of what's happened here is one of the other segment groups we thought would play better, and they will with a better quarterback. But they're not exactly giving great effort, and Warren Thompson can't catch it if you throw it underhand. So he's useless. I don't know what in the hell tomorrow and Terry... I, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, obviously. I I, I certainly don't want to dismiss whatever grieving process he's going through with his grandma. I, again, I don't
3: want to dismiss but I think that. He was, I think he was hurt. I think he's, he, he was but, a right.
1: But, he, but he's, he's hurt, I guess. Yeah, he Jeff's saying that there's something emotional going on. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. His grandmother yeah. Passing. I, mean, I
3: think
2: clearly there's something else going on. I... I Bottom line is, it's as if he's not on the team. Yeah, He's been useless. He's been missing. The one chance he had to make a play, of course, he didn't make it. I, I, now he's yelling at coaches, and you can't have it. You can't have it. Uh, if you're flipping the roster like we were talking about and changing mindsets, you can't have guys screaming you down on the sideline, and I, I don't. I don't know what they're going to do about that, but you're better off playing those younger receivers and letting them make mistakes because they'll play hard. And you just have to regulate the change through playing time, I guess.
3: Well, in, in uh I think something that is encouraging, weirdly, is that well, it's encouraging and discouraging. Like they've been great coming at for the first 12 plays of each game. They've moved right down the field. That is they, and it is encouraging. They were it, also great it, to start the second half. Yeah. So I I literally, like, I I just, what bothers me, so that's good. You know these guys know how to attack a defense. That
2: innovation's in there, and what I was going to say before we broke before was that you have more hope in this offense because you saw him succeed at Memphis. Yeah. That that wasn't imaginary. Yeah.
3: you know. They were able to take an an offense that has that quarterback and that offensive line and these receivers that aren't playing well and move right down the field against Georgia Tech for a touchdown, almost another one, and then right down the field for what should have been a touchdown against Miami in the first drive. So you know they know how to attack defenses to start a game. But what bothers me is, I, Dillingham was saying it on Monday. That on a, he's like, look, we're, we're good coming out because somebody asked him about that. It's like those are the plays we rep the most. Those, fir- those first scripted plays are the plays we rep the most. Well, how's about reping just 20 plays the, the entire week and just run those over and over again? And the reason I say that, what's so discouraging about it is we can say that, yes, they're hindered by James Blackman, and that's obvious. But they've known James Blackman was going to be the starting quarterback since Chubba hurt, broke his collarbone. So essentially for six weeks, they knew this guy was going to be their guy. And they only scripted 12 plays and then said, James, go for it. Just start reading defenses like they could have made more. They, they could have made more adjustments for what they had. and maybe just gotten James Blackman 22 plays to learn and say, that's all you're learning for five weeks and you're going to be awesome at these plays. And if they stop us, they stop us. But, but they think, somehow thought that, that they had the kid from Memphis. I mean, and, I okay, just, we can call a play or he can change the play at the line and and make it go. And he can't.
1: I mean, I hear what you're saying, man, but I, I think there's a limit to what you can do in terms of – in terms of part of the reason the script works is you're playing things like in succession. Like one yeah. thing sets up another. So if you just have 20 plays – you know that it's not like those twenty plays are just going to work, just you know in a vacuum. Especially
2: so, once the defense adjusts to them.
1: Yeah, and so I, I I know what you're saying, man, but I just don't think it's that easy. At some point, you know, if if that if it was, I mean, like you know, people that's what everybody would do. You would just rep twenty plays and go into a game. I know you're saying it's it would be better than this, and maybe it would, but maybe you know you could be worse. No, be worse. I got gotcha, you, but you're you're hoping no your, your definition could not be worse. I think you're hoping. That, that, got, that he's going to be better than he's shown. I mean, you know, they've coached him for two games, uh-huh. and they didn't have a lot of other options. So, you know.
2: I, to, your, to your point, by the way, we saw an offense that was better than this. We saw it last year, and we hated it. Um, Kendall yeah. Bryle's playbook is not terribly complicated, and you just play with pace. You play fast, and you get people out of position, and you exploit that. You play for big plays. Well, they did last year, and they scored a lot of points
1: often. And- in first halves.
2: But well, we hated we hated that offense cuz you left your defense out to dry and in the end, I mean it was just as loathsome to watch that at times as it is to watch this. They're trying to play to their defensive weakness. They know that, you know, I think they came into the season trying to play to what they thought was their strength, which is the defense, and it turns out the defensive line is just going to be you know, that yeah. now, now now you got now you're reeling. Now you are like the very thing we thought we had, we do not have. 100%. So, so that's that's really difficult. The other the other part here is, I mean, I, I, I don't know what if you're Adam Fuller was not wrong to believe the strength of his team was the defensive line. Like, that's he's not dumb about thinking that we all thought that. And on paper, there's no reason not to think that I think they get hurt because they rep weak in practice when your defense is going against that sorry ass offense and the offensive line and quarterback. You're not seeing anything. So yeah. now you get into a game against a real quarterback,
1: and, and, against, and yeah, and you know he came into a group that I mean he heard about Marvin Wilson before he came to Florida State, right? You know I mean you can look at those guys physically, you can look at them physically and say, well, that's a player that that guy. Look how big he is. Look how strong he is. Yeah. Jan- Janaris Robinson. There's no. There's no. If you walked into a room yep. and lined up. 20 defensive ends from around the country. There aren't many guys you'd pick before Janaris Robinson just by looking Arcando. at it. Or Kendo. Or Yeah. yeah. So, so I get being fooled by that. And, and to your point, and then when you see it in practice, you're like, well, yeah, this is this is right. gonna be gold. Once you know, we're coming off the edge with these guys. Yeah. You know, we're gonna be golden. And then Rob, it doesn't rep, happen. It's that
2: terrible offensive line yeah. and you just get it's fool's gold. And the, and the other thing
1: did. I'd say, the one thing I'd say about the defensive scheme on Saturday, I thought they look, they gave Miami's receivers no respect. They really tried to clog the middle. So yeah, they only went with a three-man front, but they were a ton of linebackers and DBs in the box. I mean, it was a it was a traffic jam between the hashes. And they you really, still
2: give up the play to the tight end?
1: That that was just insane. But I, but for the most part, that's kind. Of, you know, it's like, it, but it didn't matter because none of those guys make plays. Right. Like they're in the area, but they don't make plays. So nope. from that point, I'm not killing Adam Fuller because they did know exactly what you need to do against Miami, but nobody made a play. I so, agree with that.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I th- listen. Adam hasn't. Shine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> come on don't say that
1: that's like that's, that's why i tell like when my kid was in like first grade and like the teacher calls you in for the conference like look look the baby show fell here it has not been a star <laughs> <laughs> this will start with that
2: yeah but adam hasn't shined but he's been done he's done he's been given no real help by the players he's coaching in this situation. It's, it's really quite brutal. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment.
0: Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio.
2: Wrap it up the hour. Thank God. We'll get to headliner questions. They can pummel the team. We've spent an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll
3: let them speak. Hey, uh, how about a shout-out to uh, Fitzdog for getting his first career college points? That was a solid field goal on the first drive. Yeah. Got it high right down the middle.
1: Ryan, you want to- Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Is his any name? any uh, Fitzgerald. They called him Fitzpatrick in the, uh, in the press box, but he's Ryan Fitzgerald.
3: Well, yeah, that's why I just call him Fitzdog. I can't ever remember if it's Patrick or Gerald. Use Fitzdog, okay? Yeah, uh,
2: I would also, uh, I would also say shout out to Toa Feely, who uh, looks like he might be a player, uh, Portier or whatever. He looks like he might be a player, a decent player. Uh, they've got a, a couple of guys that I would play a lot more, um, and. Listen, uh, one guy that's answered the bell, and I questioned whether or not he was going to be tough enough to do so, is is Cam. He's played well uh, at tight end, yeah. um, so they've got they've got a few guys. Those young linemen are going to get overwhelmed, especially when they're going up against those ends. But they're the better of the crew. The two guards are terrible. Uh, Dante Lucas is awful, uh, but one of the reasons he's awful is because he didn't get to get stronger in the off season. He was rehab and coming off an of injury is not any way to get better. So. You gotta hope that time will allow him to get better because we know there's something in there. Uh, but this is gonna be about that, right? Watching the younger players play and get better and give you a reason to think that tomorrow's gonna be a brighter day. That's all this season can be because it ain't gonna be about results, because the results are gonna be losses.
1: So let me Correct. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, when it comes to reaching players, and you know, we all know when, when it works, you see it. You know, when a coaching staff comes in and, 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 kids buy in quickly, like you, you see it and, and you're okay. That's, that worked. That, th- that connection was made when it starts off like this. And clearly, you know, I know they had the, the fireside chats, uh, up in Georgia. Uh, they've done some different things to try to, to, to make this work when it doesn't work with the older guys. I mean, you, you're, you're not going to bench everybody. You're not no. going to run off everybody. So you got to find the the ones that that are hearing your message, but I don't follow enough other college teams. You guys do. Like, what does that look like? Like, is it a gradual process with the other kids where you see okay towards the end of that season or the next season, or is it like usually like a, a light switch flips? I mean, because because to me that's and that's what I was trying to ask those guys yesterday, the coaches, is like. How do, you, do, you, do the way they talk to the players, is it differently right now than it would be week three at Memphis last year where the kids were already all bought in?
2: I like, think you've got to be incredibly matter-of-fact from this point forward. I don't think there's an elixir or a speech that you're going to give that changes what Florida State is right now. You've got real personnel problems that you have to overcome, and you've got certain guys that are better off not being here, and you can help them out. You don't have to be, uh, you don't besmirch them or anything like that. If they sit down, you say, hey, how can I help you? Where do you want to go? Clearly this isn't working, you're not bought in. If you're not going to be bought in, I can't have you here, no hard feelings. How can we help you? Where do you want to go? Um, but I think it's just you go to work and and understand it's going to take time and you find the people that want to do the work with you um, and, and grow and it's going to be incredibly rewarding when you come out the other side in three years, but right now it's going to be hell and you've got to focus on what you can do to make it better every day. I don't think there's a speech. I know that. Uh, he has already said what he's going to say, and either some of those veterans are bought in or they're not. I'd identify each and every one of them, and, and we would move forward. And I wouldn't really cater to anybody's ego, or I wouldn't control anybody. It would just be, this is this, is, this is what we're working on. The guys that show me the effort and practice are going to play. Um, if you're in a game and you're not doing what we ask you to do, you're going to come out. Uh, that, that's just the end of it.
3: And look, man, some of it is effort. A lot of it, I guess, could be effort. Some of them just aren't very good football players. And we have enough tape and film and results on a scoreboard to know that. So just you you don't even have to – like I don't know that Leonard Warner doesn't try hard. He might be a great teammate, and he might be trying as hard as he possibly can. He's just not good enough at this level. So why not play Lundy? Why not play a freshman and let him take his lumps? His lumpies. Can Lundy take his lumpies? <laughs> oh, I was hoping you wouldn't do it. You even followed up, hey, man. I, I, and I laughed at myself. I, when you when you say something funny, guys, laugh. It's twenty twenty. If you even if it's to yourself and nobody else thinks it's funny, laugh. <laughs> just laugh. Just try to laugh a little bit. Right. Um, but that's what that's what I would do. I I, I think I don't want to besmirch all the kids and say they're not trying or they've given up or they're quitters. Some of them just aren't very good. And that could be an explanation, too. And I think that's obviously an explanation on the offensive line. And moving forward, the Schrader and the, and the Robert Scott – Robert Scott, right? Correct. Yep. Um, I think they're going to start playing a lot more. Um, I think just the way that Norvell talked about, like, they understand leverage. It's like, well, that's that's something new. Like, he, he's just talking about they only played, like, 10 snaps each. But he liked the way they played. Yeah. And they're going to start playing more. I think the Maurice Smith kid has played pretty darn well for a, yeah, for a freshman at center. Yeah, that's um, so you you got some things to build around looking towards 2021 and beyond. So yeah. yeah. Every game could look like the Notre Dame Champs Bowl where you started those true freshmen, they all you pl- you played all those freshmen on the offensive line, they got obliterated the first half, got EJ's leg broken. But in the second half they played a little bit better and by the next year they were a pretty good o-line. By the year after that, they were one of the best in the country. That that's where you got you've got to start building Blocks with the young guys, and yeah. it's not. You don't even have to say Leonard Warner's not trying. He just might not be very good. Well, no, and I'm not saying everybody
2: that's playing poorly isn't trying. You're right. Some of them are domed up. Some of them are, you know, actually just confused and beaten down and broken in the same way that James Blackman is broken. James Blackman's trying hard. He just sucks. So, you know, I mean, that's, you're right, Corey, to your point. And by the way, that's cruel, maybe. I'm saying for this level, it's all relative. Um, I'm sure you'd be a very good quarterback at uh, Marshall or something. I don't know. But the bottom line is uh, you got to move on for whatever the reason. You got to, you got to find a way to move on. And, and, yeah. Partially Ira, because of numbers, you can't just tell every run everybody off. You're right. I mean, numbers alone will dictate you can't do that. I mean, let's just say for, for argument's sake that uh, Tamori and Terry isn't part of the solution. He's not bought in. He's a problem child. You, you, you move on from him, uh, even though he's your, your most talented offensive player by far. Uh, and then Warren Thompson has never given you a reason to believe in him and he still can't catch. So you move on from him. OK, fine. Well, now you've pretty much depleted your receiving core. God forbid they have a couple injuries there. Well, who are you rolling out then? Yeah, you know, and, so, and
1: and and the, and there's a reason they're playing. It's because they're the big the tallest, strongest, fastest guys yeah. you have. From yeah. a physical standpoint, they're your most talented players. Yeah. Um so yeah. now that changes things when you got to play guys that aren't as talented. Yeah. Uh, you
2: that means you're going to take a step back in some cases. Uh although I will say you're also going to take a step forward if the kids that are playing, even if they're less talented are playing hard and bought in and care. And competing, yeah. Yeah, I mean competing kinda matters. Hour number two, fourth coming, stay with us.
0: Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next.